0: Hey, Sadie.
1: What is up?
0: Not too much. Uh, What are you thinking about right now?
1: I'm thinking about um, Amazing Women Who Podcast. Hmm. -hmm. I just want to shout out Connie Walker, who just won the Third Coast International Audio Festival award for Best Serialized Story for CBC's Finding Clio, which is an amazing podcast if you have not yet listened to it. You should. I highly recommend. And also, um, the women who do The Secret Life of Canada, which is one of my favorite podcasts, which is kind of like a critical look at the history of Canada, have just been picked up by the CBC. And uh, they're doing a live show shortly after our live show. And if you haven't listened to The Secret Life of Canada, you should. It seems like women are dominating the podcast world. Oh, the best podcast worlds. <laughs> yeah. Shoutouts to amazing women in podcasting. Woohoo. What's on your mind? Well, we just had the election,
0: and our election episode last week was pretty much uh it was pretty much right. Uh I'm not sure I said right again. It's a curse. <laughs> it's it sucks always being right. <laughs> I'm not sure I anticipated the CAC majority, but um a lot of people didn't anticipate the CAC majority, but majority minority. I didn't think that a minority was gonna fall anytime soon, so it's kind of all kind of all the same. Mm-hmm. Uh we have had Francois Legault in power for like what, six days now. And he has already gone full, uh, no hijabis can teach in schools. Yep. And uh, so yesterday there was a massive rally in Montreal. There I were thousands and that. thousands of people in the streets. Yes,
1: yes. saw a BLM comrade, yeah. Marlon Lopez on the news yesterday. Uh, you know, congrats to all of those people who, who organized that. Um, and that's the kind of fight back, that's the kind of energy that is going to be needed not only in Quebec, in Ontario, but also pretty much everywhere in Canada right now. Um, It looks like, well, not everywhere, but it does look like Canada is firmly rejecting the politics of the centre in that the Liberals are only in power now on the the East Coast and obviously federally, but there's an election coming up, and that's just really interesting, especially since the Ontario Liberals just had their... Um, convention they're kind of like let's piece it all back together convention in which (laughs) if the Twitter sphere is right they very excitedly cemented their commitment to be more center it was like we got away from our roots with Kathleen Wynne and her her leftist dogma We have to be the pragmatic centre, which is what the Canadians have always been excited about, which feels like they're reading the room wrong. Like, I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Powerfully reading it wrong. I I mean, the 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 protest yesterday in Montreal was really important for a, a lot of reasons and and part partly why it's so important is because there's a sense in Quebec that a majority government can be stopped. Because mm-hmm. a majority government in 2012 was stopped, right? The student strike, the student strike stopped the government of Jean Charest. They forced him to call an early election. That's right. And then they lost, right? So this this protest was called before the election. Um, people are always doing anti-racism work, regardless of what the electoral cycle is. Uh, I first saw the notice for the election for the. Um, for the rally in the middle of the election, and it was perfect because it gave some like gave people something to do post-election. It gave people uh, pe- who were working on the election time to finish working on the election and get back into the streets, and it gave people who don't engage in electoral politics directly something to organize. It's, like, really obvious and win-win.
1: <laughs> really fucking obvious, really win-win-win, win-win. But that's not what we're talking about today. We are going to talk about... Kavanaugh. But before that, before that, I have a small, tiny, little rant that I need okay. to go on. It's just a little, it's a little <laughs> irritation. Whereas Kavanaugh a big irritation. No, it's a, it's a, it's a, <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. No, no, no. This is actually a big irritation too. So guess what's happening in Toronto? An election. I know you had no oh. idea. You're shocked. You're surprised. No one ever thought it was going to happen. Oh what? Uh, yeah, I don't even know. There's an election happening, and uh, in you know, in addition to all the other weirdo stuff <laughs> that has happened in this election, John Tory has picked up one of the tactics of the right in America in that he is refusing to debate uh, Jennifer Keys Matt. Uh, the other front-runner, alone uh, in a televised debate, which is not a bad thing, in my opinion. Like You should have more than just, especially these two, for other reasons. Perhaps we'll discuss (laughs) it another time in a debate. But the strategy behind it is to actually force debates to um, either not happen or to force him uh, to have... Like there's less speaking time that he has to make himself to to reveal what his real policies are. At least that's what I think it is. Mm But that's part of the strategy. And the CBC, uh, Canada's national public broadcaster, who has a responsibility to tell the people like what's going on in an election um, and to show us what the candidates ideas are. What are we voting for? are the debates um obviously was going to hold a debate for toronto's election and they have announced recently that they've canceled that debate do you want to know why they canceled the debate uh because faith goldie was going to show up and try to be weird That's exactly. No, no, no. That has nothing. Well, but maybe. I don't know. Fuck.
0: Imagine they use that as an argument, which at least would be an argument, because I suspect what you're about to say is (laughs) not an argument.
1: No, it's not. In fact, what they've decided is that they only wanted uh, Jennifer Matt and John Tory in the debate. And John Tory said, no, no, no. I will not debate Jennifer Matt alone. And so instead of being like, cool, we're going to go on without you, they decided to acquiesce to him and they've canceled the debate. It was like. His way or the highway are the two options that he gave. And they took his options. And so one of his options, which is the highway. And so so as a result, uh, Canada's national public broadcaster with a responsibility to tell Torontonians what's going on in the election have decided that they are not going to be holding a debate at all, which to me is absolutely outrageous it's as though they're working for him you know it makes no mm-hmm. sense the question shouldn't be hi John Tory what are the conditions that you need in order to come to our debate <laughs> the question should be hi John Tory are you free on this day at this time no make it yourself mm-hmm. free it's a fucking election and if he says not unless blah 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 say cool, we'll take that as a motherfucking no and invite whomever else the fuck you want and have the debate. Why in the world would he have so much latitude and power over the conditions of the debate that the independent press is holding? That makes no sense to me.
0: Well, unless they're chasing ratings rather than offering Torontonians the opportunity to learn about the front-running candidates?
1: I have a feeling they would still get ratings. Oh, 100%. <laughs> like, I just, no, know,
0: I, <laughs> I don't buy that what? argument.
1: <laughs> like, so what are they going to replace it with? Like, I don't know, like the Kardashians or something? Make sure they get those ratings up there? Like, I don't understand. Like, even if that was the, the argument, a cancellation doesn't make sense.
0: No, and, and it's, it's bad for... For democracy, it's it's like you know journalists have this thing that whenever someone asks to see the article that they've written, you know it's like no, of course not. Um, but somehow, when we get to the high stakes level of of politics like this, like you do have to do favors to these guys for some reason, and because this is a strategy that we know is employed in the United States and increasingly in Canada under no circumstances should be the front should the front runner be dictating the debate the terms of the debate it's like no. i could no. i could see him saying oh you want every 40 fucking six candidate running for mayor on the stage no i'm going to say no to that i could see that that might make more sense but yeah but you know there are there are what there are five interesting leading candidates or actually i hesitate to say that because i'm afraid mm-hmm. faith goldie might be in the top 5 But um, maybe you know better than I do.
1: I think she might be, actually. But who cares? Fuck her.
0: (laughs) Yeah, who cares, right? So it's like, hey, top four or top six non-Nazis, which unfortunately in the Toronto election is like not just Faith. There's at least one other Nazi running too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Or at least the last time I checked, he was running. So yeah, there's there's no justification for this. It's bad for Toronto. Like the political scene in Toronto is so bad as it is. There was just a massive almost constitutional crisis over representation within the city of Toronto and CBC is happy to bow to Tory's will that's pretty it's pretty sad
1: it's pretty fucking sad
0: now you know I wonder what uh, Nick Kovallis has to do with any of this stuff who's back advising Tory right who's
1: I I bet he is the guy who came up with this strategy
0: yeah tried and tested keep your mm-hmm. mouth shut hide under some coats and you'll get reelected.
1: Fuck. Actually, you should probably <laughs> explain who Nick Cavallis is to the listeners, because I don't know if we've talked about him before.
0: Uh, I mean, you know, like he's one of these backroom guys in the conservative party, but he was most probably famous for getting arrested for being drunk in a keg restaurant. That's what you're talking about, right?
1: <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> that you should explain that he is a campaign strategist and has been for many high level Tories. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he was like uh, the bag man for Kelly Leach. So, you know, that's all very good. And so everybody, I guess, in the city of Toronto has uh, quite the decision ahead of them in uh, a couple of weeks. And it seems pretty depressing. Yeah. From all sides.
1: I mean, the obvious decision is to just throw the whole election away. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, and the city. That's the obvious throw decision. Throw the whole city yeah. away. Just get rid of it. We don't want it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, annex it to, like, Mississauga and Scarborough and just start Jesus, again.
1: not better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Kavanaugh.
0: Yeah, it, we we kind of thought that it would be weird to not talk about Kavanaugh, considering how much of the news that this guy has taken up. Although so he much. has taken up so much news that we probably could have also done a show of all of the other news that no one's talking about, thanks to Kavanaugh. But um, at least we started with other issues. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I guess so. But... Yeah. Uh,
0: but yeah, so uh, Chad Kavanaugh or what's his name. <laughs> Brett Kavanaugh was uh, appointed to Supreme Court, as everybody thought he probably would be. Anyway, I don't know what has struck you the most out of this entire episode, but what has struck me the most uh, bizarre about the appointment of Kavanaugh is how many people still seem to have faith in the United States. Like, what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> like, of course he's getting appointed. Like, which which high-level Republican hasn't committed sexual assault? Honest to God.
1: Yeah, I mean, what fucking other option was there? I mean, we're talking about the United States of America right now. Like right now in America, all the bad things are not being stopped by the current strategies. That's just what's happening. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and the I don't know. I was it was just the surprise. Like I guess I'm constantly surprised by how the the myth of progress among liberals continues to exist. It's like what measure are you using to think that things have changed? Like women can vote now. <laughs> women couldn't vote and women can vote out. Okay. So that's before, for, how, that's...
1: Long. <laughs> <Right>. before
0: <laughs> how long I right. before how long, or how long is it going to be that you have to own property to vote? Like that's fucking coming in the next 15 years, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just, I think that what's what we're like, we're in a weird time right now. Like I, Where there's going to be a lot of things that are moving forward that we are going to want to stop. And the strategies that we're using are like for a time that was a decade ago. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? And, um, you know, the if 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 we wanted to stop Kavanaugh, there are other ways to do it. There, there were ways that uh, folks could have employed, but the ways that we're employed or where we're at right now in this struggle, it just isn't, it wasn't going to be stopped. And so it's just, what, what's also distressing to me about being in this weird place of, um, you know, not necessarily willing to do really dangerous things or more complicated things or more risky things to to make sure that he doesn't, get confirmed uh is the the type of debate we hear mm-hmm. about what's going on and that debate is powerfully distressing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. powerfully distressing i posted on my, i tweeted um that how frustrating it was to listen to the news talk about um how this man's life had been ruined which is like, it must, <laughs> it must be a joke, right? Like nobody, nobody <laughs> actually thinks that. But people right. truly think that. And it's just, it's so strange to, to have had someone watch or at least heard of her testimony, her life story, the life stories of other women who came forward. Of countless other women who tell their stories, and to Mm -hmm. think his life is ruined, (laughs) I right. Oh my god! Yeah, for I was I was really
0: also surprised though by um, the attention that a lot of folks paid on social media to insisting that she wasn't lying, Mm -hmm. Uh, and how few times I saw people post. Of course, the Democ- or the Republicans don't actually care. They mm-hmm. don't care if she's telling the truth. This actually isn't about that. It's about the fact that they do not care that this guy is probably a serial sexual abuser. Like they, they just don't care. So all of the energy that, that we that we put into talking about that we believe, uh, Doctor Ford, it just it felt like it it, it felt like there was a, a massive like need. For many people to kind of express themselves through the issue to then use like to be able to say like, you know, she she I believe her people should believe me, which is like a crisis of 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 legitimacy within society. Right. Women in general. And I think especially white women, because there's this myth that we have achieved equality and then we perpetuate that myth all the time in various shitty ways. And so the main focus was like, I believe Dr. Ford, she's telling the truth. And it's like, again, of, of, I, I absolutely believe that she's telling the truth. The Repu- these Republicans don't care. They don't care about the truth. In fact, for a lot of these guys, the fact that Kavanaugh was doing this as a kid and probably is doing this as an adult or was alleged to be doing this as an adult is cool in their mind. Mm-hmm. Like, it, this is actually like a plus in his in his favor. Mm-hmm. It's not. A negative. And it's not a negative because we literally live in a society that wants to hurt and punish women.
1: Yeah, I think that that's quite evident also in what the line was behind some of the, I guess, I don't know, more blue Republicans. Is that what they say in the United States? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. But, but behind some of the more blue Republicans who were saying things like, yes, we believe her. Of course we believe her. We just we don't think it was him. It was like <laughs> right. what? How did right. you how did, like right. how do you come up with that based off of something that she said or just a feeling that you get deep inside? <laughs> like what and it's just it's also, you know, the problem that we've talked about before with um the this current iteration idera- of an anti sexual violent mo- violence movement that isn't victim and survivor focused. No. Because it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter if she's telling the truth or not. Like her whole being doesn't matter <laughs> at all. The right. focus yeah. is, is on him. And if the focus was on her, what, would, what result would we be looking at right now? And if the focus was on other women who might have to interact with a man in power, who is placed in power in this way, how, how different might the discussion be? And why can't we look at anti-sexual violence in that way? Well, we can. We just don't.
0: <laughs> and it's too late. Like it was actually too late, right? Like that—that that was the weird thing about this whole thing. It's like at this stage, it was too late. And you know, I think that it was important for for Doctor Ford to have her testimony to To be like read into the record I think that a lot of Democrats they were spending a lot of time making sure read into the record was proof of all these other kinds of incidences either surrounding Kavanaugh or in, in general but it's like at this moment it's far too late to try and protest and to stop something and then this is also where the myth of protest being an, an effective measure all the time is also a huge problem because it's like mm-hmm. you were not going to protest this outside of the hearing to shut it down, like there was no way that was going to happen, and I don't know if a lot of people thought that this might happen, and the vote was certainly close. That maybe, maybe they thought we can appeal to the sent, like the good sentiments of one or two Republicans, but like we are witnessing a revolutionary transfer, yeah. like a transformation, retrenchment of the American state that is undoing thirty years of bare minimum progress. And no one's really talking about that in the in these terms. Mm-hmm. I saw Ronaldo Walcott say something about this online about how what they're doing is setting things up for the next fifty years to make sure that the 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 slight gains in the nineteen sixties will never happen again. And and I, I there was I didn't see anything like more brilliant written about this entire mm-hmm. situation that like th- this is this is not it is not random people being named by a random crazy person named Donald Trump. It literally is things that the Democrats don't have the the courage or the capacity to undo and they'll just go along with them. And so if that's the case, then, you know, it doesn't matter how many times Amy Schumer gets elected, which was the highlight mm-hmm. of my Friday. <laughs> It's too late that, that, that unless you actually can fight this out uh, f- far earlier or in the streets or in in lower levels of power, uh, when you get up to the top, you're, you're not going to protest this away.
1: No. And it's, I think this is, again, something we've also spoken about before, which is the ability of the right or the ability, the strategy of the right to look and play a long game and yeah. the failure on the left to do the same. We do one offs. We like Kavanaugh's being, you know, whatever. And then we go in and, you know, we do the protest and then it's over. Right. Like, I don't know what what like who's planning what's next or are we just waiting for the next fire to come up? Which, you know, uh, ostensibly people think is going to be Roe v. Wade uh, in this particular in this particular case. But you know, you just wait for the next thing to to you know the next fire to come around, and then you put you try to put that out and probably fail at it, and then sit back and wait again. It it, it can't happen this way. We can't uh, do things this way. Or y- y- especially when you have a, an enemy, a um, a foe that is so better prepared to take a look at this in a structural, institutional way, where it's like we're gonna hack mm-hmm. hack down the institutions and recreate new ones in their stead that will have longevity. We're going to put the right people in place to make sure that that happens. And in, in that way, it doesn't matter how many protests win individual gains because we're already losing the war. We don't even know the war is happening. It's just like out there and we're like mm, inside, really struggling to, I don't know, make a turkey or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> how's your thanksgiving i hate turkey
1: we don't we don't do we don't do thanksgiving in my family my mom made some jerk chicken and we ate that and curry chicken we ate that too i <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a lot of the the, the folks
0: talking about what what was next or what is next is is talking about the electoral mm-hmm. next and how there are um, there are midterm elections coming up, and maybe that's the location to do those things. But I think again, this gets us stuck in this logic where you you know Trump he can win in the electoral arena. We can 100%. see that um, he he has already yeah. won. <laughs> he will probably win in two years. Better right? like, Kanye. Okay, and so it's like
1: <laughs> Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's coming. Yeah, well, it's probably
0: gonna be like Pence West oh, or something Jesus in four Christ. years because Trump will be found. Like, I don't even
1: sure. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> I should write this fiction down somewhere.
0: the The inability of like large scale action to break out of these either one off movements or out of the electoral arena is a real, real problem and. I don't know. I think like part of this requires Canadians to say, okay, well, what can we learn from this? What can we apply to Canada? Uh, What might not fit? You know, it's like, number one, we should be fighting with everything. We've got political appointments of the Supreme Court. I think that that's obvious, (laughs) pretty freaking clear. Mm -hmm. Like, thank goodness, our biggest debates are over language (laughs) about who's sitting on the (laughs) the Supreme Court. (laughs) Uh, which are important mm-hmm. debates, right? We need an Indigenous uh, uh, Supreme Court justice. We need who, who. We need people who are fluent in other languages. We need French-speaking judge. Anyway, whatever.
1: Those are important debates. I think we should debate the clothing they wear. Sorry, continue. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like hey. a, a bunch of Santa Clauses. <laughs> oh, that shit is so
0: charming. That's like the that's the only thing that is charming about Canadian government. Okay. I would say. Yeah, charming is a word, I guess. I mean, come on, they're so they're so charming. At least they're not wearing those wigs.
1: Yeah. No. That's a plus. That is yeah. a plus. <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah. But what other what other
0: lessons? What other lessons are there? Um, other than the fact that uh, we need to get a feminist movement together because the reason why we're having these one-off campaigns is completely tied to the fact that there is no movement.
1: Yeah. I. I mean, that's one of the biggest lessons. And I don't. You know, at this point, it's like. What do we need to do to make this happen? Because it per- it is perhaps on your shoulders. <laughs> like mine? My shoulders? Yeah, I said we, but oh. um I wanted to say you. Like what are you going to do to make this happen? <laughs> because no, honestly, I'm like looking around like why why hasn't this happened yet? Like um I'm busy. I don't have time, but like, how are you doing? Like, what, you know, like I'm just frustrated. Like, what is it going to take for us I to know. make this happen? Because, you know, as we're watching this stuff in the States, it is not unimaginable for us to have the exact same debates here. In fact, we kind of are already having the same debates. We, they're just not as far along as they are in the States, which is typically how things happen uh, in Canada yeah. in the like, you know, false idea that we're a completely separate country. Um, and, <laughs> You know, uh, fucking Doug Ford has dog whistled towards having discussions around the right to choice over your own body. Like I, yeah. you know, it is not it is not um, incomprehensible that we nope. are going to be having, you know, the the reasons behind the struggle for Kavanaugh, uh, a similar sort of thing uh, in Ontario in Canada, and so it's like. I just like what is it do do other people not see that this is where we're at um, are we all waiting for someone like what is happening <laughs> I'm just so confused stop waiting for people just do it
0: I yeah like there's even another dimension to that whereas like you're right that things in Canada come a little bit slower but things also in Canada not slower a little bit lagged behind but they also come in weirder ways And so like we've already had Doug Ford talking about um, negatively about political judges about how they're unaccountable and unelected. So it's like, okay, what the fuck is that? Uh, Mm -hmm. We have the conservative caucus. Like what was the big thing that they all focused on last week? They they made the um, the sentence of the one of the murderers of Terry Stafford. The big political issue, which was so disgusting because it's like I see people from home who are posting videos from like these conservative front groups from Facebook showing the debate. About how the liberals and the NDP were like, no, we're not going to get politic, like we're not going to politically interfere in this. And the conservatives are like, we're going to politically interfere in this. And and I'm seeing like more or less average Southern Ontario people being like, this is so disgusting. Justin Trudeau won't take this seriously. This child killer is like, you know, living in a hotel or something like this. And it's like, mm-hmm. w- th- this is how it happens. Like they take yeah. the most. This is not
1: the way our political systems work.
0: <laughs> yeah. But this is how it happens. This is this is like one of the most disgusting crimes that's happened in Canada in like the last decade. It touched a lot of people because it was so horrible. And mm-hmm. and maybe the justice system is failing. Like, I don't know. I'm not a justice expert, but certainly we see failures in the justice system all the time. And so I don't doubt mm-hmm. that that's also possibly the case here. Maybe the justice system is failing. And so someone like Michelle Rempel, who fuck you, Michelle Rempel, by the way, she and I fucking hope that someone sends her this tape because, of course, she's blocked probably you and definitely me on Twitter. So we can't even tell her that. Like making this issue into like trying to get political points scored off of Justin Trudeau by using this 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 horrible, horrible tragedy as if Rempel doesn't have back channel ways to investigate this or make an issue about this or raise this in committee or raise this in other ways or call the Minister of Justice and be like, yo, what the fuck? We just heard this. This is so disgusting. There are so many other ways to to to, to try and address how our justice system is failing, and it is failing in many ways, than to try and score these political points off of one of the most disgusting and
1: horrific murders in the last in the last decade. Like, come on, what the fuck? Absolutely, and I think it's worth noting that um, you know this isn't out of a care for. Um, for Tori Stafford, uh, for, you know, violence against women and girls, or even in this particular case, uh, her and her family as a political issue in the House of Commons. And what a terrible thing to have to sit mm. through a public debate um, surrounding, you know, something that you're already going through in, a, in such a difficult way. Uh, and then and hearing like the the, the political fucking mm-hmm. powers of the day just, like, using it. So obviously just using it for political gain. Jeez, it's like, this is how the conservatives are really good yeah. at taking an issue that has nothing to do with another issue. So, like, how Justin Trudeau acts in the House of Commons. Like, not at all related to what's happening or how, um, you know, what whatever sentence is delivered to story, Tory Stafford's killer. And making it feel as though it's related, making some sort of bridge, making some sort of connection that could then make people who don't necessarily know or um, our education system has failed us and making sure that people know how our political and um, separate judicial systems work, make them okay with a shift, a fundamental shift in our judicial system or political system that. It's not meant to, to stop whatever they're pointing to from happening again. It's meant to fundamentally change the powers, our democracy, the powers that we have in mm-hmm. our quote-unquote democracy, because, you know, democracy what really is democracy. Um, but th- the powers that people have over how we are all ruled in general. It's, uh, it's brilliant. Um, and mm-hmm. it's fucking diabolical, and that's the way that it happens. And so the only way we can really challenge that is if we have an effective movement that is going to be challenging and resisting that power, and one-offs yeah. aren't going to cut it. Cut it. They're just not.
0: Yeah, you must have noticed that I skirted your challenge with um, raising the complicating other uh, factors uh, that I just mentioned of uh, the conservative strategy.
1: What, what do you mean? It's like,
0: so Who who's going to do this? And yeah. I think that one of the nice things about this podcast is that we can kind of explore these issues and hopefully you're listening and you're thinking in your own life about these issues as well. But the reality is, is that it actually does require uh, people with power, uh, left kind of power, not like actual power, but like people who have positions of some sort of power, who have resources and who are able to say, OK, you know what? We're just going to go ahead and create something. Mm -hmm. and you know it's not really the time to be ultra democratic about it like maybe we could use a little bit of cavalier feminism (laughs) for like two months and then get ultra democratic
1: yeah that's how we did it for black lives matter you should try it (laughs) (laughs) well you kind of have to
0: because it's like sir, you can't be democratic before you even exist because that doesn't exist democracy is like literally the right like it, it actually does take people to just make something and you know, you're really busy. I'm in a province where there is a feminist movement. So I feel really not well placed to actually do this. Um, not to mention, like, you know, both of us have jobs that don't really, like, allow for something like that. But, like, there, is, there, are, there there are union activists. There are social movement organizations where people are paid full time. And, like, come on. There are professors who apparently study feminism. Like,
1: where are you? Mm-hmm. Where are you? Hmm. We want to know you. We want to meet you. We want to see you all over the place. Please. Yeah,
0: call a conference call or something. <laughs> nice.
1: Conference call, Facebook the group, email string, phone tree. We'll take whatever we can get.
0: <laughs> Facebook group, fucking weird ass group chat. Like, send me a um, fax,
1: goddamn it. Like anything you want. <laughs>
0: you know and maybe this is an interesting way to to sum this up like did you catch the current this past week on the on Kavanaugh
1: girl oh my god I probably said that too loud girl what the fuck was that oh my god I did I did
0: yeah so we should we should talk about that specifically but i wonder if there was like a feminist movement in canada that actually existed and actually you know had leadership that had credibility from among its membership blah 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 would the current ever consider putting together a show as completely fucked as that one or would they be like hmm the canadian federation of Women? Uh, is probably not gonna be down with this. And we, actually, they have a lot of people we could speak to. Maybe we can do a Canadian version of the Kavanaugh thing and talk about all the ways that the political and the judiciary in Canada are maybe tangoing a little too closely. Maybe, maybe that would be the effect of actually having a movement. But no, describe what they did instead.
1: Maybe you should be a producer for the CBC. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I'm just like I'm. I'm so <laughs> shocked to see that that in. You know, like, it was, was it, like, right after um, his testimony or a couple days? I can't remember. Everything meld together from last week. But it was, like, a whole segment on, like, let's talk to some Republican women. Like, what? Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. Did you know that
0: Republican women are torn over this, Sandy? (laughs) Who gives two fucks?
1: Who gives one fuck?
0: No, nobody gives any fucks about this. But more importantly, <laughs> the CDC was like, OK, we need to find two Republican women and they need to disagree. And one needs to be outside of Canada to prove that she has a passport or outside of the United States to prove she has a passport so she's like not like the normal kind of Republican. And the other one has to be totally an apologist for rape. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. that sounds like a really wicked segment.
1: Like what in the world? What, what did that debate give anybody? Oh, rage. my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It gave me a lot of rage. <sighs> yeah.
0: And, and so, and, you know, going back, maybe, you know, we, we started the podcast. Uh, praising uh, some epi- some some wonderful programming from the CBC podcasting division, uh, then mm-hmm. we went actually to slam the CBC's decision, CBC Toronto specifically, to not have uh, a mayoral debate because John Tory started to cry about it, and they're like, mm-hmm, "Yo, Tory, that's CBC. weird." Mm-hmm. And now we're back on the CBC, and and it, you know, I, I think that we definitely should get down on these journalists uh, in a in an anger way. Um, <laughs> 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 that was not that was not exactly the way i meant to say it but um it, it, we should be mad at them for this but it is it is Got to it. some extent <laughs> a reflection of where society really is and where the left yeah. is and where yeah. If, if a producer thinks of that before they think of the things that you and I spoke about on this podcast today, they're thinking about that for a reason. It's either because, one, they are a highly fucked up individual that cares about the Republican Party in the United States... Or, more likely, too, they literally don't know. They, they're they trying to find yeah. an angle, and they literally don't know. There's been a lot of Republican women on the CBC, and so I don't know. Like, there's been more Republican women on the CBC in the last year, on the current specifically, than I think even, like, feminist Canadian women talking about feminism. So maybe there's something else going on there.
1: Maybe it's their opinions, editor. What's her fucking name again? <laughs>
0: No, I don't think that, like, I think the place is pretty siloed. Uh, It's (laughs) someone at the current, and I don't, I don't really, like, I feel like (laughs) they need to justify it or defend it or explain it or never do it again and pretend it never happened and, like, atone for
1: their sins. Or the rest of us need to create more feminist culture. I mean, you're back on that, but, like, who's going to do it? Let's do both. And um, I still (laughs) nominate you, but... Hey, any listeners, nominate yourselves too. <laughs> Someone, please.
0: Part of this, of course, is generational because I, I know that there's a lot of young feminists that listen to us and that, um, or that listen to the podcast. They might not listen to us, what we say, but that'd be cool. Like you, if just if you listen, we love it. It's great. Um, but folks that have never even experienced what a, what a movement is, like what we're saying is probably not making much sense. And actually, I'd really love to hear people's feedback um, about this. But, Our message, my message is definitely for older women who have been around the block and who understand why you have social movement organizations to help at least create some sort of anchor in a broader movement of like minded people. And um, and so, yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a throw to those folks. Where where are you and what will it take to get to get you active activated?
1: Seriously, answer the questions, send us emails or tweet at us or whatever. And like we want to engage in this because this is really important, obviously, to both of us, but also just generally. We got to make some moves, people. Let's do it. See you on November 2nd in Toronto. (laughs) See you on November 2nd in Toronto. More info coming your way about that very soon.